Hello, lovely people, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlock with Think Chat, and today we are exploring confession number 66, which is what's in a name. And we're starting a new series on looking at how the learning environment design helps to build relationships, not only with ideas, but with each other. So when we're thinking about relationships, I'm thinking about building simple bonds that bring a community together. And one simple thing that we can do, whether we're at um, slightly midpoint in the year, at the very beginning, is pronouncing the names of our learners correctly. Really, what's in a name? It's the first gift your parents give you when you're born. It shapes your identity and it reminds you of your family's heritage. And it's a lasting legacy that, that basically says that you matter on this planet to somebody. And to people long after you're gone, that name will stand the test of time. So as we're going through this time, let us be mindful of the power of a name. When we engage with our learners, let's take care in learning each an individual name because it represents someone's identity. So here are some tips to think about as we're engaging in building relationships. Don't go the easy route and mispronounce it because it's easier for you. Our students must see multiple teachers within a week, whether they're elementary, middle, or high. Imagine just imagine walking into a room and having to be told your name um, incorrectly during each of these encounters. It could, just think about it, it's exhausting, right? As a child, I had a teacher and classmates call me Louisiana because they couldn't say my name correctly. Imagine how you'd feel being named after a state and hearing other students chuckling behind your back. We don't want those types of experiences for our learners. Another tip, don't shorten it so it's easier for you. There's so many resources out there, especially on YouTube, on how to pronounce foreign or different names correctly. In this day and age, you shouldn't have too many issues practicing your learner's names. You know, you might have to take it slow in the beginning because there might be consonant or vowel combinations that you're not used to. But we apologize as we're going through that process until eventually we get it right. Another tip, don't give them a nickname. Unless a child requests a nickname, don't give them one. They have probably been given one in the past to make it easier for their teacher to pronounce their name. They're just being kind, but it doesn't make it right. And last tip, don't give them an American or a Western sounding name. This is probably the greatest insult we can give a child because we're saying their name doesn't sound correct because it's not normal to our culture. This is a problem because it can have lasting effects as a child grows older. So why am I even talking about this? Why is it important? 
To be honest, I have been doing a lot of self-reflection about my own name. Um, as I have grown just within the past six months. And what's really interesting is I realized is that both of my parents mispronounced my name my whole life. Isn't that weird? I was named after two women, Luisa Montoya and Anna Norris. Luisa was a Latina who I think through the progression of events in, I was born in the 70s, so you can see how old I am. But I think she added a O to her name to sound more American or more Caucasian. Instead of going by, by the Spanish spelling of Luisa, right? L-U-I-S-A. This wouldn't be the first nor the last time that immigrants or people that are trying to culturally identify or align themselves with where they're leaving um, change the spelling and sound of their names. As a result, it was very interesting my whole life, and I never really paid attention to it until recently where I realized my parents pronounced my name differently. My mother would always... Um, say my name like this, Luisa, and she would go up at the very end. And I'd always think that was strange. Like, why are you putting an inflectional, you know, tone going up almost like a tail to my name? And why does, you know, she sound like she was always shouting my name. Now that's also very Korean. Um, not to generalize, but I've been around a lot of Koreans and, and they tend to kind of sometimes have sometimes a harsher tone in certain words. And my dad pronounced my name phonetically, what he knew based on his Caucasian spelling and also his North American background, where he would be, he calls me Louisa. And like Louisa May Alcott. And that's the only person I align myself with as a child because there was no other Louisas around. I met, a, uh, the irony is I met a lot of Luisas, um, but I never met a, any Luisas. And that probably started my um, obsession with all things British um, because it sounds very posh, right? And don't get me wrong. I am an Anglophile and I love it, but it didn't ever feel right to me. And it felt like my whole life, my name didn't suit me. It didn't represent my personality. And what's really interesting is I didn't think about it at the time. I just knew it bothered me is when I moved to Cologne, Germany um, to teach in my first PYP school, I worked in a dual language campus that was also interreligious. So they respected the five major world religions. They had religious classes. And the one thing I noticed is that because it was bilingual, we had a German counterpart with a, um, you know, English speaking counterpart. And what was, I noticed that my German friends would always pronounce my name Luisa. And at one point I just couldn't handle it anymore because I was like, that's not my name. Um, 
it just sounded like, you know, nails going down on a chalkboard. And what was really interesting is I not, I didn't realize it, but I naturally gravitated towards my Spanish colleagues from Argentina, from España, and they were always coming in, in hello, Luisa, how are you? Ba, ba, ba. You know, that wonderful, upbeat, um, light, airy way of um, speaking my name and also speaking in general. And I was enthralled with them. And I became good friends with them. And what's really interesting, I found, is that I felt like it was the first time in a long time people saw me for who I was. That I wasn't this heavy, weighed down person, but someone who was light just like them. And it's amazing how one addition of a letter to your name can completely change how it feels on your skin. And when I left Germany, I decided to change my name from Luisa to Lou, L-U. It reflected a shortened version of the Spanish spelling. And if you also think about it, L-U also has an Asian connotation to it. And I had a fantastic coworker in my 20s named Lou Webster. And I just loved her tenacity, her f the flavor of who she was. And I remember saying, ooh, I like that name, Lou. And she said, you can't have it. It's mine. When you leave here, you can be called Lou. And that stuck with me, that I had the option of changing my identity, right? And what's hilarious is that now I go by Lou. But people misspell my name. I'm like, it's L-U. But a lot of people will spell my name L-O-U. And I'm thinking, yo, I'm Lou. Like, I'm a dude. And I'm like, nah, that doesn't work for me. So <laughs> you can never win. And what's really impactful is this. All of this feeling about my name. It seems kind of like, Lou, maybe you need therapy. Maybe I do. Um, but it's all impacted by my experiences as an ESL student who lived in her formative years in Korea, who spoke Korean her formative years, moved to the U.S., and I wasn't seen. And my identity was not shared with the rest of the community. So as a typical Asian child, what did I do? I became radio silent. My greatest desire was to become invisible. And I didn't find my voice again until I was 22 years old. That is sad, to be honest. And now, you know, I'm fine now. I don't get offended with people calling me whatever. It doesn't matter <laughs> um, what you call me. But because I know who I am. But what I'm trying to impart is that 
Are we part of the machine that is altering identity of students that are going to linger for years to come? Or are we going to be that one person who sticks out in their mind that recognized that I have a special, unique identity that matters, not only to me, but to my parents, to my grandparents, to the lineage that I am from? And how dare I, as a teacher, try to erase it because it feels uncomfortable it's unknown. And when I think of learners that I had a very difficult time pronouncing their names, such as when I moved to Dubai, you know, with Arabic, there's a difference between Mahmoud and Mahmoud, which would be the American English version. There's a difference from Sheikha to Sheikha, right? And so how are we trying? And there are times that um, I messed up. And like in American English, I had a, um, a boy, you call him Fabian. But in German, it's Fabian. Right. And so how are we embracing those cultural nuances so that we support and celebrate these children as we're building relationships with our learners or continuing to build relationships? Let's take the time to get to know their unique personalities because it all begins with their name. So with that, my friends, have a blessed day. See you next time here as we share more ideas about learning spaces and learning space design.